Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Come on, how many of y'all still brought your Bibles even though we were outside today? I'm, I'm probably the first to say I failed because I left mine in the truck. I said it about 10 minutes ago. I was like, I left my Bible in the truck. But uh, excited to share the Word of God with you today. I see you in the back. I see you with your Bible. Open your Bible up to John chapter 21. Now, here we are at Ralston High School. This is our new home for the foreseeable future. You know, we're still looking for a building as a church and a permanent home. Uh, not to just, not to, not to sit on the sidelines or not to, not to take an ease back, but to plant our foot. We're still looking for a place to really dig in and plant our foot. But God opened a door here at Ralston High School, and, and we're looking forward to what God is going to do in and through his people here at this high school. You know, that auditorium seats, I don't know, five, 600 people or something, great kid space. And uh, we're going to be there every Sunday, 9 and 11 o'clock from here on out. So again, if you're looking for a church to call home or a people to call family, you can be a part of ours. And uh, we'd love to have you out. Next week, we'll be out right out here at 9 a.m., 11 o'clock. If you've been calling My City Church your home for a while, uh, I want to encourage you. The Bible says to pray to the Lord to send out harvesters, that they may work in those fields. And uh, if you've been a part of My City Church for a while, I can tell you now's a great time to be a part of the harvest of what God is doing in and through his people right here at Ralston High School. Now, I don't really know why we're here at this building, why we're here on this turf, but I can tell you, I think God knows. And I think he knows a lot more than what we even can fathom. And he's, he's doing something in and through the city of Ralston and in and through this church. And so he has us here. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about that, kind of why he has us here. And we've been, last week we talked about our Certified Lover series. How many of you guys enjoyed that message about underwear in the Bible? If you're kind of curious of what that is, check it out in the podcast or in Podbean. And I uh, hope the message will speak to you. But we're going to take a little bit of a divergence from uh, last week. And this is more of like a now word that I feel like God was speaking uh, to the church, and but also to everyone that would be here this morning and what kind of thing that God wanted to share with his church. And it's found in John chapter 21, John chapter 21, verse 1. And this is how it follows. This is how it reads. It says, Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. So he's kind of like sharing a story. Like, now this is, this is how it happened. Jesus appeared, and this is, how, this is how it happened. He says, Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, also known as John and James, and other two disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night, say that night, they caught nothing. That night, they caught nothing. Here's some very experienced, experienced fishermen, effective in their work, effective in their job, only going out at night to catch nothing not a zilch zero and I felt like what God was sharing with this church today 
was that he met them in that moment knowing that they were about to catch nothing, knowing that they had caught nothing. And I feel like even for us in our church here at Rawlson High School, but even also everyone sitting here with us enjoying the message today, I want you to write down this title or this thought, Significance of the Moment. The Significance of the Moment. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that your word is true. We pray that it would transform us today. God, help us not to get caught up in just a mundane life where we're just checking a box off our list. God, but help us to, to receive your word today. God, open our ears to hear. God, open our eyes to see you today. I know that you are always speaking. It's a question if this we're listening. So Father God, I pray and I thank you that you are going to meet us right here, right now on Ralston High School's football field, God, to give us a word, to give us a word for our situation that we're in. And I pray that above all else, Jesus would be glorified today. Jesus would be glorified in every single thing that we do, from the food that we eat, God, to the fun times that we have, to the message that we share, God. I pray that Jesus, in the name of Jesus, would be glorified today. And right now, church, just open up your hands and say these words after me. Say these words. Say it with some loudness and some conviction. Say it like you're hungry. Say these words after me. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus today. Hey. Hey, so this is going to be a short message, God willing. Some people got that, maybe not. Provided my hair. Maybe I should just cut off all my hair so I don't have to worry about this anymore. I'll lose my strength. You're, you know what, you're probably right. Yeah, now that's Winston. I love having the kids in service, though. Huh? Isn't that fun? Some parents are probably like, nah. <laughs> no. But hey, so glad that you're here with us today. As we talk about John chapter 21, I want to highlight first and foremost that this was after the resurrection. This was after Jesus had already seen them and spoken to them twice. This is the third time now that Jesus appeared to his disciples after the resurrection. And we find, if we could throw up verse uh, 1 back up there again, and we see in verse 2, going back to John chapter 21, we see this. Peter says, I'm going fishing, but he's going with some other people. He's going with Thomas, Nathaniel. He's going with the sons of Zebedee, two other disciples. And I want to take a moment to highlight the community that Peter had. In your life, can I tell you that it is necessary for you to have community. If COVID taught us anything, it taught us that we are not good in lockdown in our homes alone. Amen. We need community around us, and that's why the, it's so important that we're a part of a local church. And I, I love the online thing. I, I get fed from the online thing, but I don't get community from that. I don't get community, and it is imperative that as a follower of Christ that you are in community. You are in community. So I want to highlight first that, yes, he was with other people in the importance of community, but we don't really know why Peter just said, hey, I'm going to go out to fish. I mean, we could speculate, and I'll go a little bit into that, but we don't really know why Peter said, I'm going fishing. Now, it's my opinion and my belief, my theory, that he wasn't faring too well after the resurrection. Now, he had encountered God, but had not yet fully grasped the significance 
of the moment. He didn't fully grasp what it meant for Jesus to rise from the dead. And because he did not grasp the significance of the moment, he went back to what he knew. He didn't fully see what Jesus meant. Jesus, he knew him as Lord. He knew him as Savior, but he didn't fully grasp what that meant. And I want to highlight today that we will always go back to what we know if we do not know the significance of what Jesus purchased for us on the cross. We will always go back to our habits. And for many of us, it's unhealthy habits. I would say for all of us, it's unhealthy habits. Whether it be a a sense of addiction to TV, of numbing out, video games, news, maybe addictions, maybe they're a little bit more severe and harming to your body. Maybe it's alcoholism. Or maybe it's drugs, or maybe it's pornography, and it's actually harmful to you. We will always go back to what we knew before Christ if we don't understand the significance of what Christ purchased for us on the cross. And as a church, we will always go back to how we knew church, how we did church, if we don't understand the significance of what God is doing in and through this church here at this high school right here and right now. We always go back to our busybody lives, searching for purpose, searching for significance. But can I tell you, you will never find it. You will never find significance outside of Christ. Because you'll search and never be satisfied. Because what you're trying to grasp was never made to truly satisfy. And we know this from Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. Matthew 16, verse 25 says, For whoever wants to save their life... We'll lose it. So whoever's trying to just grab hold, it's like trying to grab hold of oil, you'll lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, get the best job, the best friends, relationship, car, gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? This is Jesus talking. What good is it to get all the things that you've ever wanted, but then to lose your soul. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? They went back to fishing. They went back to what they knew. Because they were fishermen before Jesus. They encountered Jesus. They knew Jesus. And saw Jesus. Resurrected Jesus. Forgive you of your sin, Jesus. But did not take the steps to this new life. See, if you see Jesus as Savior, but never make him Lord, you will always return to what you knew and never live a transformed life in Christ, a life abundantly. And before we go and judge the disciples, which I kind of am doing right now, so (laughs) before we go and judge the disciples, we do this all the time. We see Jesus as Savior, and we love the idea of him as Savior, but do we ever make it from Savior to actually being Lord of our lives. Oh, I need a Jesus that'll send me to heaven. I need a Jesus that'll get me out of hell. I need a Jesus that'll make my life better. Because, I mean, that's how the church has been guilty of this, saying, hey, say your prayers, accept Jesus in your heart, and your life's going to be so much better. I found that it's actually a lot harder to follow Jesus. And it, it probably should be harder to follow Jesus Because you have to deny yourself and not just do whatever you want. I heard it this way. This man was going on a plane, right? And this evangelist went up to him and said, hey, you need a parachute. 
because it'll make your plane ride so much better. It'll make your time more enjoyable. You'll laugh a lot more. You'll have better time. You'll just be so much better on the plane with this parachute. And how many know if you're sitting in the plane with the parachute strapped to your back, how uncomfortable would that be? That would be, that would be uncomfortable to say the least. I mean, I don't think I could fit in a seat. I barely fit in one as it is. I think they're making the seat smaller, by the way. <laughs> you can laugh. But that's how we paint Jesus. We say, hey, follow Jesus, and he'll make your life so much better. But this is how I want to paint it to you today. And if, if the church has failed you and kind of said that, now I think he does, but I think in terms of our priorities, we miss, we are in misalignment of what it means to have our lives so much better. I would say it like this. Hey, take this parachute on because at any moment, this plane's about to break in half. And you're going to need that parachute. How many know you wouldn't be sitting in that seat cursing that parachute thinking, why do I even have this thing on? You'd be holding on to it for dear life. Knowing, hey, at any moment, this plane is about to crash. So as a Christian, it's not exactly called for the easy road. It's called for the worthwhile journey of following Christ. But to continually go back to our old ways, continually wanting to revert back to what we've known, rather than getting out of the boat to trust God and who he says he is, they fished all night but caught nothing. Get this, they were busy but not effective. And many of us, we fill our lives with so many things to drown out how miserable we really are. And I'm, not, I'm talking to believers right now. If you're a believer, follower of Christ, you do this as well. I do this. I'll surround my life with so many busy things so I don't have to realize that am I, am I really following God? Or am I just seeking him as savior of my life? Is he really Lord of my life? They fished all night but caught nothing. They were busy but not effective. See, fishing can give the appearance of being in the house of God, but you will always empt up with empty nets if you are not partnering with God. When we go back to our old lives and do not fully comprehend what Jesus has given us, we will live in a perpetual state of despair. Not even in despair can I tell you that Jesus still sees the significance of the moment in your life. Even in the midst of despair, or what may you think, you may think, man, what am I going to do now? And the marriage and, and the rising inflation and gas prices and, and, and the friendships and, and what am I going to do? Do I bring my kids into public school? Do I put them in the home school? Do I put them in the private school? All these little things that you're, you're thinking about. Can I tell you that Jesus sees you right in the middle of it? And not only does he sees you, see you, but he's with you. Here they are fishing all night. It just says Jesus came out to them in the morning. I wonder if it's just because that's when they saw him. They saw him because it was morning. I wonder how long he was out there watching them fish all night and catching nothing. And we find this in verse, chapter, in, uh, verse 4. John chapter 21, verse 4. If it goes up there. Maybe not. There we go. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples did not realize. I want to highlight that. The disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. The people that followed Jesus, 
that knew Jesus, that saw resurrected Jesus twice, did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. And we can leave this up real quick. These people knew him. They followed him closely. Yet they still did not recognize him. Here we are at Ralston High School. We've seen highs and lows in this church over the last four and a half years. And here we are. And I feel like God is asking this church right here, right now, how are you going to fish this season? How are you going to fish this season? The disciples were going back to what they knew and how they did it before. How did Jesus find Peter the first time? Anyone remember? Shout it out if you remember it. Where did Jesus find Peter? What was he doing? He, he was washing out of his net after a whole night of catching nothing. So now Peter's going back to a whole night of catching nothing. And I want you to write this down today if you're taking notes, that they were so enveloped in what was that they did not yet grasp the significance of what could be. They were so enveloped in what was that they could not yet grasp the significance of what could be. We find Peter then going back to what he knew. And so here we are stepping into Ralston High School, and I feel like God is asking you, how are you going to fish this season? You, not the church, not the church, but you. This last week, we went out into some of the neighborhoods here and around Ralston, and we invited people to this event. And uh, if you got one of those, those cards, I'm kind of afraid to ask because I, uh, it might be a little discouraging to me to see how many people actually showed up from getting the card. But come up and talk to me. I would love to see if, if it made a difference. But regardless if people showed up or not, I know it did. Because God is asking this church, how are you going to fish this season? Are you going to stay in the same old, same old, what you've known before? Or are you going to do it my way, Jesus' way? But I can't help but hear their response when Jesus says, have you got any fish? And they yell out, no. They answered. I can hear in their voices. How do you interpret their no? Is it a no in frustration? Is it a no in disappointment? It is a no, a no and maybe they're annoyed. See, now the question was not about their fishing. It was about their purpose. And I think Jesus was asking this question. He says, are you done trying to do life without me? Now they were saying, no, I haven't. No success in the business. No success in the marriage. No success in the rearing of my kids. No success. No success. And he says, okay. I didn't ask for me to know. I already knew. I asked for you to know. Pastor Tyler, you didn't sign up for this, but I need you to run over to, not necessarily run, you could walk, I guess. I want you to go to the 20-yard line, the opposing 20-yard line on the football field. You can go. I'll stall. You can walk, run, whatever you want to do. You know. You can cheer them on if you want. Sweating for Jesus. Jesus. 
So there he is at the 40, the 50, the 40, lost his hat, the 30. All right, so right there, he's at the 20. I want you to stay at the 20, bro. Oh, he's got to get his hat. Stay at the 20. All right, now I want everyone to look around and, and see where Pastor Tyler's at. The Bible says a few verses later that he was no more than 100 yards away. And he was shouting out, yo, you got any fish? Tyler, I want you to yell that as loud as you can. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? Say it again. Tell you what, man. That would have been tough to hear. But what I found is that you can hear if you listen. So I want you to just really, really stick it in there, your ear, and listen. Say that again. I can hear that. So he, Jesus is about 100 yards away, the Bible says. Now, I don't think I could recognize who that was from where I'm at. Nor could I understand why they're even asking. But I want you to remember this from this passage. This is what I took from this. Is that regardless of how you interpret them yelling back, no! Or if it's like, no! Or if it's like, no. Regardless of how you interpret their no, the answer remains that they did not know who was asking them the question. But it was not about, it was not about what was being asked. It was about who was asking it. It was about who was asking it. And I'm here to tell you today that God has been calling out to you. He never stopped calling out to you. He never stopped calling out to my city church. I believe he is still calling out this church to be the church that God ordained in his heart several years ago. Knowing that Omaha, Ralston, needs Jesus. Knowing that no matter where you're at in your life, you need Jesus. But in the midst of transition, it can get hard to see God. It can get hard to hear God, especially with all the noise going around, the busyness going around. I couldn't imagine if I was hauling in these nets, throwing them out, and we we're talking back and forth, if I could hear him yell these words. I don't think I could. But sometimes in order to hear God, you got to stop being so busy. Some of us are all working our lives to death. I think I might do a message on that, on how we're working our lives to death, doing things that don't really matter. And to an extent, you need to just take a moment and you need to listen. You need to listen to hear God. When God is far away, it can keep you from recognizing him. And Pastor Tyler, you can come on back now. And when he comes back, you can give him a round of applause. Not yet, because he won't really hear it yet. <laughs> and you may think that he's yelling out just to point out all your failures. You got any fish? But really what he is pointing out, he is pointing out his fulfillment. That he has all you need. And so when are you going to stop trying to find your life on your own terms 
and surrender your life to follow him. He's yelling out, not to point out their failure. He's yelling out to say, hey, you got any fish? Because I know where they're at. Hey, you got any success? Hey, you got any hope? Hey, you got any, are you in despair? Hey, because I have what you need. Not that we serve Jesus for success. We're not serving it. We're serving him to follow him. But at the same time, he has everything and all that you need. Maybe not the success that you're going after, but maybe the insignificance that you realize that you feel like you need to be have success. He has the answer to that. He has all that you need. So when are you going to start? Stop trying to find your own life on your own terms and surrender your life to him and follow him. To know that God builds his church. To know that God builds your life. You would wish that God would just make his work so plain sight, right? You wish, right? I wish God would just show me how it is and just tell us plainly. But we fail to see how he is working. And I'd write that down because you need to know that, that oftentimes we fail to see how he is working. And Pastor Tyler, you can come up here so they can all give him a round of applause as he comes up here. Yeah, yeah thanks Pastor Tyler for running. And I wonder, here, come up on stage real quick. And I wonder, I wonder how many times you could have yelled that. Jeez, not a lot. Yeah, your throat, you probably scratch your throat a little bit doing that. I heard you. Yeah, I was out of breath. I could hardly, yeah. He was already losing his voice doing all this. And, and I couldn't imagine how hard it would be to yell at the top of your lungs for that long. And you can sit down. So put yourself in Jesus' shoes, but he's patient with you. He's persistent with you. I, you know what? All the guys that picked the over, I think they won because I'm, I'm going a little bit long, so <laughs> a, a lot longer than I thought. But I feel like this is such a now word for our church. And this is why we, we fail that to see how Jesus is working because in John chapter 10, verse 24, the Jews gathered around Jesus saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly how often we do this. God, if you're going to, just tell me plainly. God, if you are who you say you are, just tell me plainly, God. Jesus answered, I did tell you. But you didn't not believe. You didn't believe. You didn't recognize me. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you do not believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they'll never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And you say, God, if you're really God, wouldn't you just tell me that you're God? He says, I did tell you, but you didn't believe. And if you took a moment to take inventory of your life, you would realize all the times that God has shown himself to be faithful time and time again. They listen to his voice because they are planted in the house searching for him. They are listening for him. They're not caught in the busyness of life. They're not caught in everything that they have to do. Things that, well, I'm not going to go to church this week because I just don't have time. No, they're actually listening for Jesus. Hearing him shout out, you got any fish? How's it going without me? And what I find is, and I share with you in Revelations 3.15, I love the way the message translation says, 
uh, communicates this. And by the way, can I just say, if you have a problem with the message translation, you are prideful. You just need to check, and that may sound hard, but just check your heart. We don't take doctrine out of the message. It's a paraphrased version. It's just another way to communicate what we feel like the Bible is saying to nowadays people that the common person wouldn't fully be able to comprehend. So now it would be different if you're taking actual doctrine from it and theological truths from it because it can be misinterpreted. But it's a great way to give a good paraphrase. And I like how it paraphrases this, this few verses here. It says, I know you inside and out. This is Jesus saying. He's saying, I know you. And he says, I find little to my liking. He's saying this to me. He says, either you're not cold or you're not hot. Far be it to be either cold or hot. You're stale. You're stagnant. He says, you make me want to vomit. You go around bragging, I'm rich, I've got it made. Success, I've got it all figured out. I need nothing from anyone. Oblivious that in fact, you're a pitiful blind beggar, threadbare and homeless. This is what Jesus says to us. Here's what I want you to do. Buy your gold from me. Gold that's been through the refiner's fire, then you'll be rich. Buy your clothes from me. Clothes designed in heaven. You've gone around half naked long enough. And get this, and buy medicine for your eyes for me, from me, so you can really see. He was pretty far away. And maybe Jesus was five foot seven. What are you, five nine, five ten? Five nine. A little bit taller. Wish he was a baller. He is a baller though. Jesus, I think many people said that he was around five ten. You know? He says, get medicine for me so that you can see. Because be honest, if you were just doing your own thing over here, you probably wouldn't have heard him yell that. Hey, you got any fish? So that you can truly see. The people I love, I call to account. Prod and correct and guide. Tell you what, it's good when the Lord rebukes you. So that they'll live at their best. Up on your feet then. About face. Run after God. Look at me. I stand at the door. I knock. If you hear me call and open the door, I'll come right in and sit down to supper with you. And if we were honest, we would know that God has been involved in your life all along. He's been standing at your door knocking, and you would know the significance of the moment from knowing him as Savior right now to making him Lord over your life. Since you were a child, God has been knocking at your door. I pray that your eyes would be open to how God has been actively involved in your life. Even in the hard moments, he never left you, but he was patient with you, comforting you in your affliction, caring for your knees. You thought it was yourself that was keeping you safe and doing well. No, it was the hand of God that was protecting you. But yet you cursed God because of that flat tire, not knowing that he kept you from that car accident. You curse God for that girlfriend who left you or that boyfriend who left you, but God was separating you. You curse God for that pink slip, but God was repositioning you. I could imagine them cursing God for the lack of fish, but write this down. God used their lack of success to get their attention. God used their lack of attention, success, to get their attention to know that he was out there 100 yards away. Because if they were catching some fish, they would still be unfishing them from the net, you know, undoing the net, throwing it back in, and they would have completely missed God appearing to them a third time. 
Can I say that God uses even our failures to get our attention because he is more concerned with your soul than with your earthly success. And if you were really honest, there were prayers that you prayed. There were prayers that this church prayed that God saved us from because he knew that they would destroy us. And I need someone here to thank God for that failure. I need someone here to thank God for that breakup. Take time to thank God for that time you didn't get your way. Because if you did, then you think that you didn't need God. Just take a moment to thank God. And just a few more verses I share with you here. Verse 6, he said, Jesus was saying to them, he said, hey, you got any fish? They yelled, no. I should have had you still out there. You could have said this, because this would have been really hard to hear. Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. Say what? They said some. Say what? Throw it on the right side of the boat. Then you'll catch some. You'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Jesus says, how long are you going to be doing this without me? He says, I've called you to so much more than what you're doing, but you've just tried to settle it and do it your own way and go about it your own way. But Jesus is saying, I have so much more for you. So are you done trying to do this without me? It was only when they listened to God that they had success. But when they dropped everything to follow him. See, Peter did not care about the success. He wanted Jesus. When the Bible says that after he got in the fish, he swam to shore. That's 100 yards. I would sink like a rock. I wouldn't make it. He swam to Jesus. He did whatever it took. But we get too busy to get to Jesus. We fill our time until we need him and we call him our Savior. But we don't necessarily call him Lord. Because he saves us from our sins and saves us from our hard moments. And I want you to see the significance of this moment. It's not if Jesus is calling out to you today. But the significance of the moment is when you respond to that call. As the church responding to the call, knowing that God is positioning us here at Ralston High School. As maybe you're a guest in here, you don't fully surrender your life over to Jesus. It's responding to the call and saying, Jesus, I'm tired of doing this life without you. That call to come close. This is not just a message for those that do not believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, creator of heaven and earth, but this is also a call to the believers who have been far off from God, not recognizing his work in their life up to this very moment, that he is using this moment, this moment in your life to call you close to him. And it is my prayer that your eyes would be open to see that he has been working in your life all along. And I share with you just one last verse and, and we'll close in, in prayer. There's a story of Jesus after he rose from the dead. He, he appeared with two men walking to Emmaus. And we find this in Luke chapter, I believe it's 21. It might be 24. Of him walking with these people and he walked with them for seven miles. It wasn't 100 yards away. It was two feet. And the Bible says that they did not recognize him. They did not know who was by their side all along, positioning them, walking with them. And I want to pull up that last verse here in Luke 24, 31. It says, after he came and he broke bread and he, they saw his scars, it says, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. But the moment they recognized him, he disappeared from their sight. Because God is here to tell you that when are you going to know that I've, I'm with you? 
I've been with you. I've never left you, never left your side. I feel like God is here to tell us that this morning. And I wanna take a moment, if you're in this place, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this place to say, Pastor Eli, I'm done trying to do this by myself. I don't wanna do this by myself anymore. I wanna partner with God. I don't want him to just be someone that I know, but I want him to be savior of my life. I want him to be Lord of my life. If you're in this place, I wanna ask you to raise your hand in just a moment because I wanna say a prayer with you. And I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand because I wanna know who I'm praying for. So if you feel God tugging you on your heart and saying, Pastor Eli, that's me. I wanna come close to God. I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. What can I tell you? The significance of the moment is right now. Right now is your time. Today is your opportunity to come close to God, to hear his call. So if that's you, I want you to lift up your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Lift up your hand. I see 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 your hand. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.